Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is Corey Willis with PBI, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Today's episode is going to be about diesel racing. We've got Wade Moody, and he's going to be telling us about the PPI race car that he pilots and the race program that they have, and all that it allows them to learn and do as far as pushing not just diesel racing forward, but also the technology, the calibrations, the things that they learn on the track, be able to bring that to our daily drivers, the trucks we're using to work or tow with every day. It's it's really cool. But we wanted to ask him about the car in particular as far as making power and then competing against gas vehicles, which have, have gone faster and make more power and more torque because of the tremendous amount of data and time that they've had doing it and just where diesel is at in that competition. So we're really excited to be able to chat with them today. I want to encourage you, if you're a race fan and you love seeing diesel engines go fast, make sure and follow PPI on Instagram and social media. Just search PPI. You'll be able to find them really easy. They post a lot of updates of the car and things they're working on, not just with racing, but also with new calibrations for Power Stroke, Cummins, Duramax trucks, the things that they're doing in off-road vehicles. They've got a ton of cool things going on, as Corey Willis had mentioned to us recently. So we want to encourage you guys to do that. Stay on top of the latest in diesel calibrations and racing. All right, let's get to the podcast with Wade and learning more about the car and what their goals are for 2020. Wade, welcome back to the Diesel Podcast. It's been a, a minute or two since we caught up. I think last time you were on, you were telling us about the really cool PPI car, and I think it had maybe just made a pass it was real close to then but a lot has happened since and i wanted to catch up with you well you know summer is is hit and tracks are starting to open up people are itching to get going and watch some racing so it's, it's really great to have you on today yeah so it's been about a year since we did our last podcast and uh, if i remember correctly the car wasn't quite ready to go racing we were kind of working on it still but uh yeah since then we've uh met our obligations and been able to finish testing and get it to the racetrack for a debut. How did the debut go? How have the passes been so far? The uh, debut actually went really well. <clears throat> we went into it kind of um, half-cocked, not really 100%, more like probably 70% ready. Um, and then, um, so <clears throat> we showed up to, you know, get out there and make a show, uh, regardless if we were completely ready or not, and it turned out amazing. So uh, we ended up going there, oh, probably three days early and put in some tests and put in some hard work to try to finish up some things that we were working on. And um, in testing, we were able to put down a uh, 433, uh, and that was really good considering the amount of fuel that we were giving it. We were only giving it like, I don't know, 270 or whatever milligrams of fuel, which is almost nothing. And the thing just responds amazing to uh, the fuel that we give it. And it was crystal clear, no smoke, ran great, throttle response was awesome. 
and uh, the car really sounded good. So we kind of left it there knowing that we had a boatload more that we could throw at it. We figured, okay, this will go A to B. And um, so we went into, um, you know, race day. And the weather from the 100-degree days that we were testing in versus race day was like a 30-degree drop or maybe wow. even more. I, I want to say it was in the 60s or 50s. It was so, so different. And the car picked up you know, an appreciable amount of power just because it was so cool out. And the traction was totally different than what we had it tuned for. So we were struggling, you know, in qualifying and we were struggling in eliminations, you know, trying to get the tire to stick on the ground. And we kept shaking the tires, shaking the tires, shaking the tires. And um, finally we came up with a solution for it, figured it out. And right in time when we went to run against Ben Shaddy, we got it, <laughs> we got it started to get it figured out. And uh, <clears throat> so we won that round, which was pretty cool, and then uh, we were in the finals. So we had uh, set number one qualifier, and then we ended up making it to the finals. And then uh, we were running against the Firepunk guys, and, um, you know, that was the truck to have or the the race to have. The one that everyone wanted to see was uh, them and us. And there was an online, you know, wager that was set, and I tried to stay out of all that because I didn't want any more <laughs> pressure than I had already had. And uh, Corey was setting all that up and, um, you know, getting people interested and getting people involved. So that was really cool. And uh, so then, yeah, we went to the finals. And, uh, man, it was a lot of pressure, a lot of people watching, you know, a lot of people rooting for us, a lot of people booing us, you know, and it just was part of the program, right? But I knew that um, our team was the best that there was and that uh, I just relied on what my abilities were and what their abilities were as a collective. And we just... We just made it happen. Um, we led from beginning to end. You know, I I treat them and we pulled away from them really good. And then as soon as we pulled power out in our program is when they started to catch us. So we had to pull power out to get down the track. We knew where, where we could apply it really good, and then we knew where we had to pull power out to keep from uh, aborting the run. And that's when they started, you know, freight training us. They started coming up really, and we only won by a. Uh, hundredth of a or yeah i think a hundredth of a second or it wasn't much at all <laughs> i gotta look at the time slip <laughs> but uh they out mile powered us by like seven and uh man if it had been another 10 feet they would have won it's so it's so exciting to watch what has happened in in the, i can't say a short amount of time but it, it almost feels like it i think any race enthusiast or diesel enthusiast it's like time flies by and it's race seasons here and then we're bored for a while and then race season again but having the the technology and the experience that is is out there now it's it's almost forced a platform change i wanted to ask you about that you know like 10 years ago it was you know a three-quarter ton truck that had the weight taken out of it that were at these races where now they're totally different platforms and you're an expert in this I'm just a fan but what has what do these new platforms new chassis everything give you as as a racer to be able to do that force this change where we're not necessarily you know using the the old platforms just had to leave it behind and go to something new so my experience my opinion is based on my experience. So I've been in racing my entire life. Like I raced motocross bikes um, up until I was 21. And then shortly after that, I picked up drag racing, but I was always around it. I may not have participated in, 
in it, but, you know, family members and friends did. And so I was always around it and uh, on the gasoline side. The diesel thing didn't really kick in until the early 2000s, you know, when I guess when diesels really started to become popular. And, yeah, I was kind of a little bit invested in that um, early on. And then at right around 2004, 2005, that's when I actually started to get really involved with, with it and ended up starting my own diesel business in GM Diesel Performance. And um, so as I got into the performance side of the diesels and uh, started to get more and more into racing, I was like, gosh, man, you know, I want to race. And so I started to race. And, um, you know, and as I raced, I was like, man, we're constantly fixing driveline problems. You know, why am I wasting my time and money doing this? So naturally, the evolution of racing became don't be a dummy. Get yourself a light vehicle that's made for racing. And that's kind of how that transitioned. And uh, in 2007, I started to build a pro stock chassis and um, an engine program for that. And it took us a little while to get it done just because I was very low on finances and just didn't have any support, but I knew what my goal was. And I worked at it, worked at it, worked at it. And then finally um, got together with a John Jordan, uh, John Boy, a lot of people on the forums know who that is, and uh, he helped me fix some issues that I had with the wiring, and because uh, we were trying to make the factory controller work with basic, as a standalone setup, and you know I just wasn't the guy to get it done. I was close, but couldn't get it done. And John Boy came in there and saved the day and got us running, and I you know made him basically a full-time tuner on that sucker, and uh, we came out and we raced that thing until 2014. But prior to that, we had won pretty much. Every full season we ran, we won the championship and we set records every year. We beat Gail Banks' record on that in that truck several times, and um, so it became well known. And so that was pretty cool for us. That was a real good feather in the cap. And then, in, uh, like I said, in 2014, I stopped racing it because I had wrecked it down in Georgia. And um, I was in the other lane against Ryan Milliken, and Ryan was driving for uh, the DNJ, not DNJ, um, GNJ. Um, their race truck he was piloting that and um you know i was in my beams and he was in his pre-stage and when i hit pre-stage it's that means i'm gonna start getting ready to go and so i lit it up and this thing back then would light up in like two seconds it was ready to go and he was having problems over there um at first i thought he was burning me down but that's not what the case was um he was having problems with the uh trans brake pulling the car into the beams and so it took I was on the trans brake for over 10 seconds, uh, wide open, full boost, ready to rock. And then so when he finally was able to stage and the lights came down, I had fluid, I guess, coming out of the uh, transmission. It was boiling over. And so it spun the tires right away um, on the hit. And then I squared it up and tried to get back straight on the track and hit the throttle again and then it started to go it started to go really good but as soon as that nitrous came in it was all over it had um you know just took the car and made a very sharp left and then boom right into the wall i went and so i was trying to drive it probably in a situation where i could have just said you know what i'll live to win another day and let it go but that's not what happened i wanted to win really 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 bad and uh, so it got the best of me, but it taught me a lot of uh, life lessons. And so that was the end of the truck's reign. And uh, shortly after that, we built a dragster. And I think we came out with that in 2015. And immediately within like three passes, we had already uh, beaten Gail's dragster record. We went uh, seven flat, I think 702 or something like that. 
And uh, so that was a big talk there for a while. And then we were able to take that same dragster when we raced, and um, we were able to go to eighth mile racing with ODSS. And um, we went a 411 at 180 in that, which that record at a diesel track still hasn't been beat. Um, so that record still stands there. And then, um, no, I forgot, we ran NHRDA. They're recently defunct, but uh, we won a couple championships with them too. And uh, with ODSS, we ended up winning two dragster championships. So we did pretty well with the dragster there. And um, then we got together with Corey and said, hey, let's do something even cooler. And that's when we got to building the car. And uh, the car has had the same reception to the diesel crowd, but even better because the technology on it is just far advanced versus what everybody else has. Basically, we introduced MoTeC to the uh, the pro mod world in a in a fashion that no one else had done it. Some people had tried it before and they did okay, but uh, you know what we had was the Duramax, and it was you know purely for racing. And uh, the way that we're controlling everything is completely different than what everybody else is doing. Um, and we have so many different systems on there and sensors and uh, controls that we actually run multiple ECUs and uh, systems to allow us to get the full control over every aspect of the engine and the chassis. It's just hearing the way you describe it, it's like a whole new frontier of, of diesel racing. I know it gets a lot of people excited because it opens up a whole new world of speed of control of competition of excitement and you know we had a little bit of a teaser last year we chatted with with Corey and and you right before right around the time that you guys were debuting the car talking about it and you know this year most things have kind of been on hold with the pandemic and you know tracks not being open or being limited and it feels like things are starting to open up. And I'm sure you guys have been really hard at work. But I wanted to ask you, as far as what it does for diesel, and, and specifically the racing side, what does this project and the work you guys are doing allow you to, to do? Or where, where do you guys want to take it? So <clears throat> the race car offers us a few different things. Of course, it's advertisement. You know, everybody likes the wow factor. Mm -hmm. The things that we've been able to to learn on it allow us to be better calibrators, allow us to be better tuners, um, and it allows us to put ourselves in a position from an industry standpoint that's more technologically advanced, that's cleaner, that's more effective and more efficient. And so we're we're learning things and we're able to do things that people thought was a joke, you know, or un or not possible um, years ago. And so because we have better equipment and we're surrounded by good people and we keep shooting for the ultimate goal, which is to be better than we were yesterday, um, we're constantly evolving into just a completely better, uh, you know, tuning company and race team. And, um, you know, for the industry, it's great. I'm sure you know this, having been around diesel for so long and talking with all different kinds of truck owners and being at events is there can be that segment of the diesel industry that'll say, well, I don't care about racing. I don't want a 600 horsepower truck. I just want it to tow my trailer better, which is what a lot of owners do. But the connection between the racing and what you guys are learning with this car and all the things you guys have going on directly translates to that truck now, especially on, on the newer ones. 
um, with how sophisticated they've become in the emissions system. So there's a there's a huge link there, and I've always been really fascinated by it because we've seen it like with turbo technology and transmissions and other things, but this is this is next level stuff now. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, absolutely. And the amount of control that we have applies to pretty much everything from diesels to jet skis to boats to airplanes, you know, and whatever in between. So we can apply this same technology <clears throat> and learn and even um, progress in our um, and our focus for calibration on different platforms. So it's it's a huge thing. And the biggest, I, I, if I were to have one takeaway, it's not as much the control as it is the data that we receive. The data is the most important thing that we could possibly, as a racer, as a company, um, have is is good, repeatable, consistent, and accurate data. And there was a time when that wasn't really there. It was almost guesswork. <laughs> exactly. And I remember actually being a part of that um, early, early on because nobody offered a data logger. And I knew that, um, you know, without a data logger, your best guess is still a guess. And you're, you're looking at, okay, what did your friend see? Or what did your friend's friend see? And what did they hear? And so at the end of the day, it's like, man, you're relying on third, fourth, fifth party information for something that is happening in tenths of a second or thousandths of a second or ten ten thousandths of a second, you know, and you really need to know what's going on so you can make accurate changes, one, for your safety, two, for your engine safety, and uh, three, for everybody else's safety. Yeah, it seems like the, almost like the final the final piece where the, it, I know the big push and, and the goal, if, if you're if we're a diesel enthusiast, is we want to see that engine type compete in the gas world in different ways and it at first it was almost like hey these diesel guys are going out and competing in the gas or this gas event but it's completely changed now where it it's it's real and there's a lot of teams out there that are doing it and it seems like the data and the precision that that you have at your fingertips now is what gets it in that that realm and that and that's exactly right the data that we have now tells us a lot of where we were wrong in the past and in some areas where we were right because sometimes you do guess in the right area, which is which is great. Um, so as far as the gas stuff goes, man, we were racing the gassers way back in the late 2000s with our truck. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of people get publicity about, oh, they were the first to do this, that, and the other. Yeah, we were racing top sportsman with a diesel truck way back in 2010 before any of these big-name guys even were out there racing. And I never made a big deal about it because I thought it was more or less normal. And then uh, as we got involved in the diesel game, it's like, oh, well, that's not so much normal. So, <laughs> um, But, yeah, and as far as now, uh, we have a platform where we can go racing and race with the gasser guys, and we actually do. That's actually what we're currently doing. 
and uh, we get well received and we're actually to put our we're actually able to use the technology that is designed for you know because the, the gas guys have the technology they're already doing these things but to apply it to diesel is something that's basically foreign and that's where you know what we're doing is an uphill climb trying to control everything to the absolute you know 100% level and not at a 50 or 60% level. So, and that's what the gas guys are doing. That's why they're going so fast. That's why they very rarely abort runs. And that's why they're, you know, they're going so fast and so safe while they're doing it. Um, and for us, it's, it's, we want to be competitive. You know, I want competition. And if I'm going to be running the gas guys, I know I'm going to have competition because those guys are definitely faster. But <clears throat> recently, we found quite a few things on a dyno, and we know that eventually we can make the power that they make, <clears throat> which is tremendous amounts of power. Like those guys are putting, you know, they're making 4,500 horsepower to 5,500 horsepower at their engine, and they're putting down between 3,000 and 4,000 horsepower to the tires, which is really, really a steep change from where the diesel world is right now. And they're at the same weight, if not heavier. Um, and I've seen some dyno graphs from the gas guys that make our torque numbers look like child's play. So they're making power that we're not even, you know, in the realm of, uh, generally speaking. So that's kind of, a, you know, a David and Goliath versus, you know, our kind of deal. But that's okay. That's the challenge that we that we look for. We want to be able to have a goal and say, okay, I'm going for that. And then, you know, if it takes us a year or two, fine. But we're going to do what it takes to get there. And eventually, we will be competitive with those guys. And we're at the whole time we're trying to bring diesel performance to a new level. Not only is it clean, but it's competitive and consistent. That is what Corey had chatted with us about recently on the podcast. Was some of the power numbers that the new the new trucks can make within the emissions framework and knowing that just right now that's <clears throat> that's where things are at what are they gonna look like in the future i'm sure there's things you guys are learning with hard parts and different calibrations that in a year or two you know if we think back to like 2008 to 12 13 somewhere in there if someone would have said you can have a 550 600 horsepower emissions equipped truck people would laugh at you where now that's a reality and we start to think about the future a little bit where are things going to be next summer the summer after that and it's so it's so exciting to see what you guys are doing in the the information and, and the giant push forward which is what this is all needed and how quickly it's happening and you, you'd mentioned you know, the gas platforms and the racers, how, how they're faster and they make more power and they've had so much more time at it, but it seems like diesel is just catching up really fast. It may not be quite there yet, but it's, it's, it's moving at an incredible pace. And I think what you guys are doing in the competition and the expertise and the people that you guys have is, is moving that along at an incredible pace. Oh yeah, you—that's <laughs> a loaded statement. Uh, the people we have here are extremely talented. Everybody's got their place, and they do their job really well. And that's what adds to uh, the team. You know, we—we we would be not where we're at today if it wasn't for the extremely talented team that we have today. Not just our race team, but also here at PPI. The team here is extremely, extremely talented. And um, to tie back into um, 
what you were saying with how long the the gas guys have been doing it. Yes, they've been doing it forever, and they've got a ton more time of development and uh, racing stuff figured out. Where we're kind of okay. So for the Cummins guys, they've they've been racing a lot longer than Duramax. I mean, they had almost I guess a ten year start. So they're even further developed or should be further developed than we are. The Duramax guys, you know, that's one of the last engines that were basically developed um, in comparison. Diesel's been out for a long, long, long time. And uh, the latest common rail offering has changed the game completely. And I know there's new Ford motors and stuff like that out there, but I don't really I'm not a Ford guy, so I don't really consider those raceable <laughs> engines. <laughs> uh, I actually started with Cummins and then um, morphed off into uh, doing just Duramax only. So I appreciate the Duramax more than all of them, just because for me personally, it's more of a raceable engine. It's V8. It's you know smaller package. It's a little bit lighter, but there are some disadvantages. You know, tick for tat, it does not make the same power as a Cummins um, unless you modify it. And we found ways to modify it to compete or even beat the the Cummins guys that are out there. So there is a process with that. But um, yeah, back to um, you know keeping it clean and making the industry head in the right direction. I've got to say, um, Gail Banks was the initiator and in a lot of that. And I remember being a young man starting my diesel business in the early 2000s. I was, um, you know, I was paying quite the, close attention to Gail Banks, and I saw what he was doing, and it made sense to me. And I always said to myself, that's the kind of model that I want to model um, my racing perspective after. You know, so I want to be clean going down the track, and I want it to be consistent and stuff like that. And so, you know, Gail has started something that kind of transferred into me. You know, and hopefully, I have. Uh, someone that's paying attention to what I'm doing, and they want to be able to further technology and advance, you know, our futures in the same way because we're trying to do things right. Um, and, you know, the clean diesel thing was never really a joke. It was something that was serious from day one, but I think the guys who discounted technology and the guys who discounted the importance of it um, are the ones that got shocked the most. The guys who knew that it was possible, like Gail or myself and Corey, knew that you know the future was coming and we had to make a change and we had to push towards that. So hopefully that um, you know registers and rings now because if it doesn't, well, it's going to be a rude wake-up call because there's no more of that delete stuff going on and um you know you can't just go smoking everybody out anymore i mean those days are done and over with and i'm kind of glad because i never really liked being a part of that personally um and but i love the fact that we're we're gaining momentum for cleaner diesels better emissions and uh, better fuel mileage oh, i think i think all that stuff is great and we learn a lot of that technology from the race car actually when speaking of the race car when is uh when is it going to be making some passes next or for anyone listening that wants to to see it learn more about what you guys are working on where can they check it out at and, and what's your schedule look like for the rest of the summer so yes the pandemic did throw us into a big loop um so our testing got pushed back we were able to be one of the first to test early on and then we you know we ran into a couple issues but we've been working on new transmission and converter things and just new calibrations uh for injector strategy and um that's been our biggest hang up um, we are making progress with that. Uh, I would say we're probably going to be – we're supposed to be dynoing today, actually. So we've got some stuff that's ready to go. But as far as race ready, I would hope to say in July we're going to be ready to go again. Awesome. Well, it is uh, – it's always a pleasure to chat with you, Wade, and, and uh, get your perspective as 
you know, someone who's seen all different sides of the diesel community and industry from, you know, working in it to racing to what's going on now and the major changes that I think have happened already. I think, you know, last year, late last year, the whole industry kind of knew, hey, things are changing, but you guys have always been ahead of the curve and it's really exciting to see the car. I always love to see what you guys are doing, see passes that it makes, see the excitement around it. So I know, uh, I'm sure you got a busy day and a fun day if you're going to be doing some dyno runs. And, uh, you know, we, we appreciate you taking time out of it to chat with us and tell us more about the car and, and what the future is going to be holding for diesel racing. Yeah, absolutely. I certainly appreciate it. I know us here at PPI, we're always working on making things better for the future. And um, we're going to come out with a few things, not only for racing, but uh, for the emissions present, guys. And uh, it's going to be pretty awesome. Don't forget, Diesel fans, make sure and follow PPI on Instagram and Facebook for the latest in diesel racing, tuning, and really cool things that they're doing for side-by-sides and water sports and just so much that they have learned through the amount of data that they're able to to collect and then translate that to make vehicles and, and platforms run more efficiently, make more power, and do it cleaner. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.